Brooklyn's Radio brings you City Update with Ian Pritchard and Lee Humphreys. Here we go again. We're still in lockdown. I'm in Woking and Lee joined us on the phone from his home in Cobham. Hello, Lee. Hello, Ian. Right, let's crack on. Now, it was no surprise when we heard yesterday, officially, that together with most of our listeners, we'll be under lockdown for another three weeks. We've all been reading and hearing a load of speculation as to what the financial state of the world will be in when we eventually get back to work. So what's your view from the city? What's the extent of the problem? Um, uh, You're right, in A a good deal of time uh, has been spent this week in looking at how the lockdown has affected business and what shape we're going to be in uh, economically once restrictions start to be eased. Uh, You may have read that the International Monetary Fund, or IMF, uh, predicted that the lockdown recession would be the worst since the Great Depression of the 1930s. It also predicted that global, global GDP would shrink by 3%. Um, To put this in perspective, Ian, um, the IMF, after the financial crash of 2008, uh, forecast that world GDP would fall 0.1%. Well, that's quite some contrast and goes to show the scale of the problem. Um, Well, I mean, if that forecast is in any way correct, Ian, it would mean in pure GDP terms that the situation the world might find itself in is 30 times worse than in 2008. Right. Well, let's zoom in from the world for a moment and look look at us in Surrey and look at the present. Now, a listener's been in contact with her perspective, and it's Louise Punter. She's head of Woking Chamber of Commerce. And despite the considerable financial help from the government, the feedback she's getting from businesses across Surrey isn't good. The bank loan scheme isn't working effectively because they're overwhelmed. And she says time is fast running out for businesses to get the cash they need to carry on. Recent startups are excluded. They fall through the net. Meanwhile, the government furlough scheme opens uh, next Monday and she anticipates the demand will be massive. And who knows if the Treasury can cope. And presumably this, we have to say it, gloomy financial outlook applies right across the UK. Any projections from the experts about the scale? Uh, plenty of uh, projections in. The UK uh, tax and spending watchdog, for one, the Office of Budget Responsibility, or OBR on Tuesday, came out with their forecast for the UK saying that if we were to stay in lockdown for three months, second quarter GDP could fall by as much as 35%, with unemployment up by 2 million from today's levels to around the peak of 3.5 million by the end of June. They say this would be the biggest contraction to GDP since 1908, a bigger contraction than that created by the Spanish flu, by World War I and World War II. Right. Well, that doesn't sound too happy. Are all the other institutions as pessimistic? Uh, The IMF um, were a little more upbeat, saying that the UK economy will shrink by only um, 6.5% in 2020, as opposed to the OBR's 12.8% yearly fall prediction. Incidentally, that would make it the biggest yearly fall since 1708. Um, So you can see there's a a good deal of guesswork going on here. On a lighter note, the OBR are forecasting a quick rebound in the third quarter uh, starting in July this year. But uh, with perhaps 10% of the workforce by then unemployed, one has to question how, as a nation, we can not only produce as much, but how demand can hold up too. Well, those, those big numbers mean the extent of the human tragedy will be huge. Um, 
potentially catastrophic in. However, um, here governments are walking a precarious tightrope. Um, human life uh, could in fact be compromised if, we lock, if the lockdown uh, continues too long. Professor uh, Thomas, uh, a, uh, a, a professor of risk management at uh, Bristol University, published a paper recently which said that uh, keeping the economy going in the next year was crucial because of this human tragedy as you describe it. Um, uh, otherwise, the lockdown will do more harm than good. What's well, he suggesting that there's a tipping point here by locking down for too long? Yeah, pretty much. He's uh, suggesting exactly that. Um, he sees a very strong correlation between GDP and life expectancy. He estimates that if the coronavirus lockdown leads to a fall, of G- a fall in GDP of more than 6.4%, essentially the figure the IMF are predicting, more years of life will be lost due to the recession than that gains through beating the virus. Yeah, his uh, paper caused quite a reaction. He's effectively suggesting a future much poorer country will not have the money to spend on the care of the health of its citizens. Now, his views have been happily seized on by the lockdown sceptics, but derided by others who say he's putting a callous monetary value on lives. He responds by saying it's a fine balancing act. Now... We've seen governments all over the world attempting to throw money at the current problem to keep the economy turning, but it does have implications. Um, Well, one of the first and most troubling implications uh, of this, Ian, uh, for all governments globally is for borrowing levels. Um, Just as uh, as we as individuals have to manage what we owe others, so, of course, do governments. The OBR's estimates uh, said a three-month lockdown would push the UK's borrowing bill to an estimated £273 billion this year, which equates to 14% of of GDP in the UK. This would mean that Britain's debt-to-GDP ratio would move up from 85% just three months ago to around 100% now. Now, there's a lot of figures in there, Lee, but I I can recall we mentioned debt-to-GDP ratios a few few weeks ago. So presumably a low debt to GDP ratio is better than a high one, right? Yeah, I mean, a high debt to GDP level inhibits every government's ability to address the issues we face today. And um, one of the reasons why Britain had to endure over a decade of austerity after the financial crash in 2008 was to bring the ratio down and give itself room to address issues like COVID-19 when they arise. Um, to use the mantra of the Chancellor at the time, George Osborne, um, we had to fix the roof while the sun was shining. Right. Now, all this uh, ratio stuff sounds very technical, but uh, can I now assume that getting a high, it's getting high to a point of concern and will it um, impact uh, government's ability to mitigate the COVID crisis? Uh, it's, it's getting alarmingly high, Ian. Um, some governments uh, were finding it difficult to pay the interest on loans uh, they had even before the advent of this crisis. Uh, difficulty has just become amplified given uh, governments' revenues in the form of taxes have slumped while their costs obviously have spiralled. Um, their ability to raise new loans to cover costs may well um, become diminished and the ability to throw money at the situation blunted. So, um, to use that glib phrase, uh, fixing the roof while the sun shone, I can assume all governments didn't do that and didn't adopt the austerity measures we did. Uh, few followed suit, Ian. Um, Italy is a good example of that. Its current debt-to-GDP level stands at a around about 145%, even before we add on what they're currently attempting to raise in new borrowing 
and account for the huge fall in GDP they're about to see. Um, but they're not alone. Um, Japan was, uh, which, which has attempted actually to spend its, itself out of ec the economic doldrums for uh, three decades now, uh, has a debt to GDP level of around about 235%. Um, while the US, even before their most recent spending splurge, uh, which we've talked about actually in, in great depth on this program, um, will stand around 107%. Well, I suppose it's easy to see then if, if governments are going to struggle to meet their loan obligations, it'll be the same for individuals. Even in a relatively um, affluent area like ours, listeners will struggle to pay back their loans. Yeah, that's a, absolutely right. Few will be unaffected by this, Ian. Um, the BBC uh, on, uh, reported on Tuesday that 1.2 million households have already requested a three-month mortgage holiday. Um, but, but watch out for signs of car financing problems too, Ian. Um, last year in the UK, 91% of privately purchased new vehicles on the road were financed by loans of some description, with a combined value of around £19.4 billion. And while I'm yet to see any new data on this, I have to admit, um, it won't be a huge stretch of the imagination, I don't think, to, to believe that uh, the default rate on these loans will increase significantly as people are furloughed or indeed lose their jobs. Well, I didn't know. So 9 out of 10 cars on the road, private cars on the road, have some loans attached to them. Astonishing. So, again, this could trigger another financial crisis for the banks, like 2008. Um, yes, it could. But uh, let's, let's start by saying the banks are in a far better state to meet the crisis than they were 12 years ago. However, the, the, the longer the shutdown persists, the greater the damage and the more losses uh, the financial system will have to bear when people simply can't pay. So, um, if I were a bank, I wouldn't be too keen on loaning money to people who were bad risks. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the portents of what you're saying are already there, sadly. And bad loans are, without question, already being anticipated uh, and prepared for by banks. Um, Citigroup, a, a large American bank, for example, reported their results on Wednesday and announced they were taking a $7 billion loan loss provision just for the first quarter. And that's up from $1.5 billion last year, a significant increase. Um, they, for one, appear to be preparing for a very bumpy ride. Right, Lee, we've got about a minute left, I guess. Give us a roundup what the markets are doing. Well, markets are, are, are pretty strong, Ian. We've had some very poor data out of the U.S. in terms of unemployment. Um, but the, the thing that everyone is now focusing on is uh, Trump opening up the economy. He said he's going to be abandoning social distance requirements uh, within the next four weeks. He said actually some states can start immediately. Uh, Trump being Trump, he didn't actually mention uh, which states those were. We had a big bounce in Asia last night, and that was despite China coming out with the worst GDP figure in 40 years. Um, Europe has put that all to one side and has bounced strongly today. And as I stand here right now, in the FTSE is looking up 3%. Excellent. Okay, Lee. See you next week. See you next week. Bye-bye. Ian Pritchard and Lee Humphries brought you City Update on Brooklyn's Radio.